Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The philosophical question that we face is, are they still the Oakland Raiders? At what point have they stopped being the Oakland Raiders? They will no longer be. Hello and welcome to the Slate Political Gap Fest for December 26, 2019. The Oakland Conundrum Edition. We... We're looking out. We're looking out at an audience that seems progressive, but not unrealistically, unrealistically progressive. An audience filled with people who work in technology, but not in the broy, terrible technology. They work in social justice, but not in the commie kind of social justice. And they're people who are definitely willing to build some housing but not willing to sell the whole city out for developers. In short, we're in Oakland, California. The GabFest is live at the Fox Theater in the heart of downtown Oakland. There may be no there, there, but there are a lot of you here. I'm David Plotz of Atlas Obscura. On my left is Emily Bazelon, of course. Just as, just as Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson made his name with the Oakland A's, then went on to legendary fame in New York with the Yankees, so Emily Bazelon made her bones as a dogged reporter for the Tri-Valley Herald covering San Ramon. Spent, spent the whole time wishing I was working for the Oakland Tribune. <laughs> and has now gone to great fame in New York City. And on her left, a man who is a walking conundrum himself. How can anyone be so smart and so kind and so handsome? John Dickerson of CBS's 60 Minutes. You, you forgot humble. On this special edition of the GabFest, we're going to tackle some of the world's most pressing conundrums. We're going to have personal conundrums. So would you rather be exceptional at one thing, but awful at everything else, or just pretty good at everything? And we'll have social and political conundrums, such as would you prefer to have Donald Trump as your president or as your father? (laughs) And later we'll be joined by a special guest. You know him from Mythbusters, Adam Savage. And then we will tackle conundrums from this very audience for our own special Slate Plus segment. So let us get started. You have to swap places with a main character from any book. Who do you swap with? You want to start? No, no, I want you to start. Okay. So just think how much better Hamlet would have gone if Ophelia had a sunny disposition. (laughs) And it just kind of like... Got it together, rolled with the punches, decided to have a sort of normal response and didn't turn into a waif, a really depressed waif who then floated away. The question wasn't, which character would you like to give Prozac to? No, but I want to swap and then fix things. Wait, but do you want to hang out with that? He's so moody. He's so moody. You're like, like I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix him. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to be depressed. I'm totally going to fix him. Yes. I feel like I could... I thought of this question as a challenge, like which story would it really help to fix this story? And so I really feel like I could inhabit Ophelia and make it come out better. I'm so much more reasonable and kind of balanced than she is. I mean, I don't want to be the Ophelia in the book. And then I was thinking about Lady Macbeth, another character. You could really go somewhere. Things would be so much better if these particular... You could do laundry with her. The play. Exactly. I it might not be, that but damn spot. But, <laughs> Take it out. But would that be a good play if, at the end, you know, he's just like, oh yeah, let's I get married. I didn't feel that that was the premise of the question. It was uh, like, which real serious I'm just, dilemma? If we, if we get to hijack the premise of the question, I'm gonna <laughs> approach this evening differently. John, um, who, who would you uh, switch places with? Uh, 
Oh, no, wait. You, you say switch places with or hang out with? Swap. You get you, to... Oh, you, you get to be the main character. Oh, because th- hang out with would be Ford Prefect. Because... Now, he always knew where his towel was. Um, two people got that reference. Um, no, uh, Nick, I would, I would like to be Nick Charles in The Thin Man. Because he could disarm a man of his revolver and never spill his martini. That's good. That's good, David. I think, um, well, I've always had a crush on Lizzie Bennett from Pride and Prejudice. So I think it, I would like to be Mr. Darcy because I would be rich. And I'd have a you great, still I'd get have, the girl. I'd have yeah. Pemberley and I, then I get to end up with Lizzie Bennett, which would be awesome. All right, that's a good one. Although that's, I do feel like in the end, of course, you're going to pick someone who has superpowers, right? I mean, you are no. the most honest in that. You wouldn't really want to be like Lyra in His Dark Materials or Princess Leia. I know that's not a book. Or Hermione Granger or whatever great character from Lord of the Rings, which is always your go-to. Of course you would. <laughs> if you could do magic, wouldn't you want to go do magic? I don't think so, no. Oh, really? I totally would. I'd rather be. I, I, I would want to be Aragorn, who can't do much. Do, really. Please, we can do, do please can you not? Can you just not do any Lord of the Rings tonight? <laughs> I opened the it door. Up. I opened the door. I'm sorry. She brought it up. I didn't bring it up. I didn't. You asked me. I didn't even. It's not even mentioned What's here. What's the name of the dragon? Maybe you could be the can dragon. It, no. Smog. Smog. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel right now. No. All right, Emily, do give us another one. Um. Okay. If you could mind meld with your pet for just one question and answer, what would the question be? Note, we are stealing this from Clara Jeffrey's Twitter, quest, Twitter feed because it's too good to pass up as a conundrum. Thank you, Clara. Well, the obvious question for the dog would be, who's a good boy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I have a couple of cats, and one of the cats really likes to eat earwax. And so I would like to ask the cat, like, what's up with that? Why, why are you eating earwax? What do you, what's so good about the earwax? I feel like they would just say that it tastes good to them. What else would they offer you? Huh. What would you ask your pet? Uh, uh, you don't have a pet, do you? I don't have a pet. I used to have a dog, and my dog, hate, he made me feel that being left alone was like a betrayal and tragedy. So I want to ask him, like... Could you be left alone? Is there any time of day, any <laughs> point at which it's okay to leave you alone in the house? Maybe it's not so bad. Maybe once I'm gone, the howling stops. Which is also true with parenting. Um, which animal, if it could speak and you could talk to it, would be most annoying? I mean, the birds that have really little voices, like the Tweety Bird <laughs> kind of voices. I don't want to talk to those birds. What do you think? <laughs> I hate You mean birds. sound annoying or actually be annoying? Both. I feel like both, both qualities. Huh. You know, Teddy Roosevelt had a super high voice, although he might have actually been annoying too. But I guess my, where I started with that sentence, that was started with that sentence was the, the highness of the voice isn't necessarily proof of an inner annoyingness, but then I realized I couldn't really follow it all the way through with, uh-huh. with Roosevelt. I, th- yeah. I think dogs would be so annoying. If it, because they'd be like, are you mad at me? Are you mad? I'm, are you... Are you no, you're mad at me, aren't you? Are you, are you mad at me? See, this is. Are you? Are you wait, mad? Wait, this is like, an important. I'm your friend. Don't worry. I'm here. I'm here. I love you. You That'd guys, you guys have such a jaundiced view. The dog would be like, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love yeah, you. exactly. That would be unbearable. That would, it would be no, one note. Because it would always be sincere. It would each time it would come with the fresh propulsion of sincerity. There are some dog lovers in the audience. What uh, What would yours? What do you think would the most I, annoying animal? I mean, would be? this is such a boring answer, but hyenas, obviously. Because they'd be laughing all the time. They'd be laughing, and the jokes wouldn't be funny. <laughs> they would be. It would be nervous laughter. It would make every situation unsettling. Remember, we used to have that colleague who had that laugh. <laughs> it would yes. be like that. Oh, my oh. God. It was like a report from a cannon. You'd be trying to do your work, and this laugh would emerge, and, the, and the, it, was, it was really destabilizing. That would be the hyena. David, resurrection or reincarnation? Not what do you, not what do you believe, but which would you prefer? I, I feel like I, was asked, I asked this question in a previous life. All right, so, so, okay, the advantage of... 
the advantage of resurrection is you know you get to come back as a person, you're pretty clear, you get to come back, you, know, you get to come back as yourself and you know what that is. On the other hand, it would be so boring to live your life over and over and over but and over again. But if it was again. a different time, maybe it's not living it over again. But do you know you're yourself? Is it like Groundhog Day where you're like, oh no, here I am again. Ready oh, to boy. make the same mistakes. Disappoint think the same set reincarnation of people. Would be, I think each it's time, different. I think reincarnation would be so fun because you would, you would get what all these different cockroach? experiences. It'd be great to be a cockroach for, I mean, it would only be 14 days. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I want to know trade if you up. keep getting to be reincarnated because then I definitely want to be reincarnated. Right, you, oh, I assume you Absolutely. keep getting to do it. Yeah, then, I mean, both that you get more bites at the apple, so to speak, but also that you get to take on all these different forms. John? I'm very. This is again very conflicted here. Um, your your church has a good history I know, of resurrection. Are you answering as the good. Catholic well, yeah, that you but are? but man, what you got to go through, uh, and then and then no one believes you. But then people worship you for a really long time. Yes. Well, that does die. That is appealing. Um, well, it all depends on whether you know it or not, right? Because, because I may have already made the decision. Boom. <laughs> I didn't think that. But that I, doesn't tell us what you would prefer. Well, but when I, I don't know. I was trying to go throw the metaphysical long ball there. <gasps> don't, um, I don't know. I guess reincarnation. All right. Uh, I actually meant resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> I got so flustered with thinking. <laughs> okay, here's one. Uh, this, we'll do this one as an audience poll, too, I think. Would you prefer to have Donald Trump as your president or your father? First will be president, second will be father. Would you prefer to have Donald Trump as your president? Would you prefer to have Donald Trump as your father? Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. So now when I was looking at this question, I thought, okay, so if it's my father, then he's not the president. And so basically I see that audience response as one that's, taking it for the team. Yeah, right? exactly. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. And it, I, was, I posed this in the cocktail uh, before the show to a couple of listeners, and one of them pointed out something also good, which is that you'd also be rich. So that would be cool. Are you, are you somebody, somebody in the audience said maybe. <laughs> Does it um, matter if you're Ivanka or Tiffany or one of the boys? Well, you, I guess, would be get to be Ivanka or Tiffany. Right. I mean, it's a different experience. John has a one John has like an one of those Trumps has a hair that's Careful. not unlike John. Careful. Um, I well, definitely would. Yeah, pick him as father. You definitely take it for the team. Definitely. But then I'm not sure. You, would but, you enjoy golf? Love it. It would be great. Yeah, yeah. golf, warm weather. I cheat at golf too, so <laughs> no. it'd be it'd be oh perfect. Right in. Here's and you're this. also the one who's the most approving of, you know, general corruption, bribery scandals, <laughs> just like greasing the palm. That's an advantage in this family. And you could give the, all the money away. To the extent that And it then exists. have your charity close to No, 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 I'm saying No, no, run it <laughs> run the charity legit. Properly. Do like it legit. my reenacting of Ophelia, but yeah, even exactly. less plausible. Exactly. <laughs> you could right. Exactly. Got one? Okay. If you believe there's a God who answers our prayers and influences our lives, what would it take to convince you that such a God does not exist? And if you don't believe God exists, what would it take to convince you that God does exist? I, so I do not believe in God, and it would take so little to convince me that God exists. So you're right on the edge. Yeah, I, it's like, all right, God, if you exist, put, I would, you wouldn't even have to put like a million dollars. Put a one dollar bill in my oh, hand right on. now. Oh, come on, you want some supernatural right event? That seems like a big that, ask. Actually, God has better things to do than be putting something in your palm. It, but if he's so good at everything, it seems like that would be pretty easy. Huh. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> if only dollar bills were easier. To... <laughs> okay. Wow. Does it have to be your God now, John? <laughs> uh, my God is a, is a God of love and forgiveness. <sighs> What about you, Emily? Well, I do believe in God. I don't think about the answering our prayers part. That's not at least my kind of Jewish interpretation of God. But I believe in God. And 
I don't think it would take that much to convince me that God doesn't exist because I have a kind of prime mover relatively and my main wait it wouldn't take much to convince you that God doesn't exist does not well uh, no it actually take, uh, that doesn't make sense why does that make sense well because mostly how do you prove I'm the a, negative my main feeling about my attachment to the idea that God exists is just the world is so complicated and beautiful and terrible and all these things that don't feel rational to me like how could there not have been some spark of creative unexplained energy in the beginning of it and if scientists were able to really explain how life began I feel like maybe I would have to admit that I was wrong about that that hmm. I feel like they've done a pretty good job with that already but okay uh, maybe John? this I'm saved by my lack of uh, understanding of such science that you're talking about. What about you? <clears throat> I thought we were getting into the heavy stuff later. Um, this was on the first page. I know. I didn't cheat. I know. Um, you're a first page determinist. Um, given that there is so uh, much suffering in the world that goes unanswered um, and so many people have so much and don't do anything with it to ameliorate that suffering, that's a, um, despite the consistent prayers of all of us who pray for uh, an improvement in that situation is a pretty strong uh, argument that those prayers are meaningless and yet I believe the turn he makes the turn yeah Uh, and yet all the joy and love and beauty and hope that still exists in the world is the reason that that hasn't changed my view about God so I guess it's the strongest argument I can think of and um, I haven't succumb to it yet i think it's it does make a lot of sense to be easily convinced in one direction or the other right i mean there we don't have proof obviously but it seems like a big thing to rule out like we don't it's hard to eliminate it but maybe you don't feel that way no i think it's hard to i think you cannot prove the non-existence of god i think it would be very easy for god to prove god's own existence and god doesn't bother god doesn't bother makes you skeptical so john give us a a conundrum. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Would you, David Plotz, rather be locked up or hunted for sport? We really like this question. I like this question a lot. Okay. We'll do this as an audience poll, so start thinking. Um, I really am claustrophobic. I really, really hate to be inside. And I'm assuming that, that it is, am I locked up for life? Is this a, I have a life sentence? I or think whatever for... the period that you're hunted for sport would be the equivalent period that you're locked up. Like, you have to think of it as not <laughs> no, being, probably like, I'd for only 10 survive minutes. like an hour <laughs> yeah. being hunted for sport. <laughs> if you're hunted for sport for, like, two years, you, you get tired. Depends what you're hunting with. And where are we in the... Well, can can no, you no, give me parameters? It, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're in jail. Let's make it, like, 20 years. Okay. Or hunted for sport where you, if you make it to the end of the field of, of play, you're free. 20 years. 20 years versus like an hour? Well, it depends how fast you go and whether they get you with the arrow within the first five yeah. minutes. Uh, I'm thinking I assume, it, by the way, when you're hunted for sport, don't you figure it'll be with like range weapons that aren't, like it's the, it's won't be rifles. It's definitely the Hunger Games. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I think, all right, 20 years is tough. If you'd said, if you'd said like 50 years, I would definitely take hunted for sport. And if you'd said five years, I would definitely take... Um, being locked up. So 20 years is a hard number. I think I would take hunted for sport. I really do not want to be, I don't want to be locked up. Well, and then of course the question is what kind of hunted for sport? You know, I mean, do you get a, you get a big lead? Do you, were you running in sand and all the rest? But, are there tigers and lions chasing The most dangerous game is man. No, no, no there are people. People, people are chasing me. Yeah. Right. What about you? Oh, I the I also um, tend to be claustrophobic, and the idea of being locked up makes me really antsy. But thinking it through, I think the more rational answer is to take being locked up. I always imagine being like kidnapped and you know really held in some terrible set of conditions. In which case, absolutely, I'd rather run around, even if the lions are going to eat me in the end. I don't like being with other people much. So can we make it twenty-five? <laughs> No, uh, I don't know. A, a period of co- contemplative time would be kind of nice. You could think of it as like being in a monastery. Yeah, exactly. Or a meditation right, right, exactly. For a while. Let's you let's, know. let's do this as an audience poll. So first, we'll ask if you'd rather be locked up. Second, if you'd rather be hunted for sport. Would you rather be locked up? 
Would you rather be hunted for sport? Wow. Because you choose the more active some, answer. Some of those people sounded like they wanted to do the hunting. Yeah. This episode of the GapFest is sponsored by Aura Frames. Are you ready to win Mother's Day? Cement your reputation as the best gift giver in your family. Give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. That mom will love looking back on childhood memories, seeing you what you're up to today, checking out grandkids, checking out cousins. And even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep on updating your mom's frame with new photos so that it's a gift that keeps on giving. This is how I live in my family. I gave my mother an Aura frame. It was either for Mother's Day or for her birthday. She absolutely adores it. She's constantly hectoring me to update it with more photos, which I do. I also gave my girlfriend's mother an Aura frame, and I hope she hectors my girlfriend to update it with more photos. But it is a present that will bring absolute delight to a mother in your life. And they have a great deal for Mother's Day. GapFest listeners can save on this perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code GABFEST at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. On to the second segment, our social segment. Here we go. How do you tell your best friend that the person he introduced to you as the love of his or her life, their wife, is actually a disaster waiting to happen? <laughs> oh my God. This is such a terrible... Dilemma. Dilemma. Have you actually had this happen ever? I had a friend this, this happened to with a sibling that the sibling's spouse, so a few prospective spouse was somebody that this my my friend thought was unacceptable disastrous and he said something to his sibling and <laughs> destroyed destroyed their relationship i think and, you can't and, ever say anything for that yeah. reason yeah. i think you don't i think we don't know the mysteries of uh, the heart wants what it wants and yet if you really believe that and you think there's some chance of fending it off it would be so hard to be quiet and also, is the person asking for your opinion? So I know someone who this happened yeah, to. But you know when they're asking for your opinion they about that, really... there is one answer they want. I guess that's right. I guess that's right. <laughs> and that is to be hunted for sport. Um, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> but here's the question. Could you wiggle? Is there a back door to doing this? Which is that if it's not about the qualities of the person they've introduced as the love of their life, but it's about the qualities of, the, of your brother or your friend. In other words, is their selection of this person uh, demonstrative of a weakness that they have that about which they should be... Uh, that seems like an elaborate ruse, which would be a better, more diplomatic way to go about it, but might uh, perhaps not convincing in the end. Yeah, well, I specialize in elaborate ruses. Okay, well, then no. Stay quiet. So we all think you have to stay quiet. Does it, all right, I'm going to phrase this pejoratively. Is there anyone out there who thinks you should not stay quiet? So speak up. There's a group that thinks you should speak up. I would, I would be interested in hearing an example of how that went well. But we'll, you can, we'll take that offline. Uh, John. Uh, would Bob Dylan go to Simone Biles or would Simone Biles go to Bob Dylan? In other words, who is the coolest person in the world that everyone must actually go travel to to pay homage to? David, you have specific views on this question. Well, I think it's, it obviously it depends on cultural context and who you are. I think no. the, the Obamas, no, not at all. I think the Obamas were that for a period. I think in sort of 2008 to 2010, there was this way in which anyone, the Obamas just like crooked a little finger, everyone would show up. Now, is there anyone who fits that bill? Huh. 
Uh, there's no, I don't think, I think there, Beyonce maybe. Beyonce is, it, is yeah. definitely the answer to this question. Yeah. And what is the context of this meeting? Is it to go see her in concert or is it to go no. see? She wants to talk to you. Like, is there any way that she would come to you? No, there is not. There's no one who Beyonce has to go to except maybe her mom. That's it. Right. Everybody comes to see Beyonce. But do you think there's anyone that has to go to that Bob Dylan has to go see. I think the problem with Bob Dylan is Bob the Dylan's Pope? Like, Bob Dylan's like, fuck it, I don't care, right? He wouldn't. Yeah, he's the kind the, of misanthropic. Yeah, yeah. But, and Simone Biles has to go see Beyonce. Huh. And Bob Dylan does too. I think everybody has to go to see Beyonce. Interesting. John, do you agree with that? What, that, what does Bob have to do? Because he has to go see Beyonce. He has Beyonce. to go to Beyonce. He has to, like, if there's a question of who is going to make the move, who's going to make the overture, right, be slightly right. inconvenienced, who is it? I, I think he's, I think he would go see her maybe by uh, peeking through her keyhole down upon his knees. Um, uh, <laughs> that yeah. was a little questionable, actually, mm. that answer. Sorry, no, it's a, the one, one person. I got it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got it. I yeah. mean, right, okay. It's Who actually, that, that song is actually, I think, about that. I what think about it, what? Obama. Obama? Would Obama go see Beyonce and Jay-Z went to see Obama. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's but, true. But I don't know. I but feel not like, today. Probably today, right. the Obamas would be like, oh, can we please go visit Beyonce? Does the Pope ever go? That feels Do you think like the Pope would go see go Beyonce? I guess maybe, perhaps not, but his loss, man. Huh. Not to be dissing the Pope or anything. No, it's, you don't have to. Don't think, you don't have to worry about him. Okay. You can. He's he's chill. He forgives. That's true. He just seemed. Uh, what's the most awkward professional setting to have to extricate yourself from? Oh. I, I haven't. I have a specific answer for this. I'll start with my specific yeah. Oh, yes, that my would specific, be good. My specific answer is, um, you may have had that experience of being on a video conference call, where you're on a video conference call, and you forget that you're on the video conference call, <laughs> and you start to do things that you definitely should not do when other people are looking at you, like picking your nose, like making, like texting other people, like, like, you know, stuff I think the examples have been exhausting. The, exam the examples are... There are other examples, uh, and that is a bad situation because you cannot. There's, there's no good way to explain why you're doing that. That's that's very awkward. That's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> what about? There's also the problem of like your. I was thinking more of like a social situation where like everyone's drinking and you're uncomfortable. There's something going on that's like more out of work that feels like you don't want to be. Um, or what if the what if the person sitting next to you is watching something they shouldn't be watching and you have to get away? Hmm. I'm not, I don't. Uh, here's one that I was recently a part of, which is you're in a small meeting setting and the person sitting next to you has fallen dead asleep oh. <laughs> and 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 their particular way of falling asleep they escalate the snoring so they're gonna get busted soon that's so this really happened to you that's never happened to me yeah so john oh. works at so cbs <laughs> that was not that was not the context that was not the context but that here's the here's the conundrum do you wake them yes. and and 100%. Yeah, but what if you wake them and they and they you know flail about then you put them in a position because they could just kind of drift through the rest of the meeting. Maybe you try to really gently nudge them and hope yeah. that well. That yeah. that is a bad one though. That was yeah, that was uh, I was once teaching a class with someone who fell asleep, not the person I currently teach with. And it was really I wait, I have never been so mortified. I was so worried. <laughs> you fell asleep while they were teaching? Yeah. <laughs> that, My daughter goes to Yale. Uh, it's just like I'm paying a lot of tuition sure the for that. We make sure students get a so lot wait, for their money. How did this happen? Was it in the first part of the second, and then they fell asleep while well, they were? When you're co-teaching with someone, the other person and the students can be taking up a lot of oxygen in the room, and so you, can you kind of fade so out. Wait, you, that's were the so, thing you were that so uninteresting. Yes, exactly. 
That's not, but then I saw the other. The, I you. saw the students notice, and I got really uncomfortable. It was yeah, setting. Um, Emily, you are made an absolute monarch of a nation sometime between the years 1350 and 1650, but retain all of your modern knowledge and values. Do you keep being a king or queen? Or, it's very fluid between 1350 and 1650, or do you propose that the society abandon the monarchy and shift to a representative democracy? So, does this question evoke for anyone else the Monty Python skit in which King Arthur shows up and like says, "I'm your king," and they're like, "No, you're not. We're a they're they call they're a workers collective. They yes, use a better right. We're term an autonomous for, workers thank collective. Thank you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now I you see the abuses kid. inherent in the system. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think that it would be a mistake to imagine, especially in 1350, that people were ready to take on democracy. I mean, we're barely ready now. So I think you have to build up your civic institutions first and make sure well, that you have why some strong in-between. Because otherwise, the whole thing can fall apart and be even worse than yeah. continuing with your monarchy. Would you, I would be a benevolent What would you start honestly. with? What, what would you start? Would you start, I would be a benevolent. Would you, build, you, would you start with a justice yeah. system? Would you sure thing, Cersei. What did Queen Elizabeth do? She did a really good job of this. What did Queen Elizabeth do? She, well, she encouraged Shakespeare. That was very helpful. I feel like she did other things, too. She collected taxes well. Did she build up other in-between civic institutions? John, would you install democracy? As we know from the attempts to install democracy in, in illiberal countries, it, sometimes there's tissue rejection. And so would you, as a single monarch, have the ability to line everybody up plus once you get a little taste of power it's really it's hard to give it up right. and there you are all these things you could suddenly fix you could try you could put people on a path to democracy but i don't think just walking away from your rulership responsibilities I, would be the right we, i think we we saw this movie what was the what's the hillary mantle book about um Thomas Cromwell. Oh yeah, yeah, the trilogy. Wolf Hall. Wolf yes. Hall. Yeah. That he that Cromwell is like this person who is trying to put modern. I mean, he's a modern character who's in, put back in the time of Henry VIII, and so he's trying to bring modern customs, modern economy, modern religious tolerance. So that's his mechanism. So that's what you would try to but, do within the within the framework of an absolute monarchy. So here's the question: What Emily, given all of your modern knowledge and t and so forth, would you introduce first to the citizenry. Right. Let's see. You need, well, I think you, you need people of different religious persuasions to get along with each other, right? You need less tribalism. So you need some interfaith council. <laughs> then you, yeah, no, seriously. First, let's convene a meeting. Yeah. You, you get them to stop hating and killing each other. And I think that's actually super important. So, interfaith But counsel. wouldn't, wouldn't mm. what piece of knowledge, wouldn't you have some piece of knowledge that would seem like magic to them in 1350? And therefore, if you could roll that out at the beginning, people would think you are that much more magical and therefore you'd have even more power to convene your hmm, meeting at which everyone's going to nap. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Could you introduce some basic due process? Um, no, no, I'm talking about some some whiz bang you, thing we've learned about toilets. physics. What? Yes, like, oh, indoor toilets. plumbing. <laughs> indoor yes. plumbing. You think In that's the route to democracy? Because everyone <laughs> like the, you turn the lights on and everyone uh, feels better, and then they have the leisure time to start worrying about voting. The route know. to I'm the human skeptical. soul is through the stomach, huh. one way or the other. All right, well, huh. let's let's audience poll this one. Would you, if you were an absent monarch, would you bring democracy, or would you continue to be uh, uh, an absolutist ruler? Um, we'll start with bring democracy. Would you bring democracy to those benighted people? Would you remain an absolute ruler? Wow. That was more resounding than I would have thought. A lot of democracy skeptics. Maybe if we'd asked this question a few years ago, we would have gotten a more balanced response. Hmm. Emily, do you want to do one? Um, okay. Well, this one, I think, sort of relates to the last question. Would you rather be in charge of deciding the substance of society's laws or the procedures by which those laws are enforced? Ooh, that's deep. Wait, the procedures by which they're made or enforced? This says enforced. You can reinterpret it if you want. Um, this is a, this is, we have, would you rather be Article 1 or Article 2? Would you rather be the President or Congress? 
Well, and it depends well, what kind of president. Would you rather be freedom and equal protection of the laws or due process of the laws, both in the 14th Amendment? Is there plumbing? <laughs> How do you make sure that it works yeah. and hold people accountable yeah. if it doesn't? Yeah. Huh. What's the answer? You're the legal yeah, scholar you're, this here. Is I your care court. more about substance. I mean, I think if you have terrible procedures, the substance will be worth less. But I still, I feel like the substance is more inspiring and aspirational for people. So you start with the substance and that makes them more likely to create the procedures. It gives them a stake in the procedures. Without the substance, the process is too arid. And so people don't value it enough. What if you just decide, as most modern presidents have, to just basically, you can interpret the law as you choose to, but because you have the ability to enforce it, then you can use your benevolent interpretation of the law to get actually the result you want. So you have the muscle to do it, whereas before you're just trying to persuade people through the brilliance of your law setting. Hmm. I mean, I think if you're doing that to um, for your own short-term gain, that's not such a good idea. But are you talking about executive benevolent. orders? Benevolent. Yeah. No, I'm talking about your... Because, right, it's enforcement versus creation of the uh -huh. law. So I take Would all the rather? bad laws that are created by that silly Article One legislature, and I just choose to interpret them my way. But because I have the enforcement power, people have to listen to me. Yeah. Well, it's not supposed to be how it works, well, but I'm it not, certainly but does work is, that way sometimes. We were only given two options. I see. So would I rather be the person who had the power to interpret and enforce the yeah. law? Would I rather be, right, would I rather be the executive branch or the legislative branch? Huh. This is an interesting question to ask right now because the Supreme Court is probably on the brink of really changing how much the executive branch gets to do on its own. I mean, the executive branch really has so much power right now. So I think if you're just answering based on what, how effective you could be, you would choose the executive branch. Yeah. John, oh. you have the power to go back in time and change the result of one presidential election, not 2016. Not 2016. Which do you choose? Uh, I would choose... John has um, been thinking about this for... A month? No, 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 no. There, there are, there are a couple, but um, and actually, this would be with somebody who is with more skilled would have a really more clever answer. But the election of 1876, in which Rutherford B. Hayes beats uh, or is given the election over Tilden, Hayes the Republican, Tilden the Democrat. Tilden beats Hayes, but uh, four states, five states, um, are kind of up in the air. They, the 20 Democrats in those states, give, they give 20 electoral votes to, I think I've got this right, Hayes. Hayes becomes president on the promise that he will remove troops from the South. And that and basically... Reconstruction ends. Reconstruction ends, and the rights that were given to uh, African Americans basically end there until 1965. Right. That was my answer, except I forgot all the names and dates that John just... <laughs> actually new. So another it's good one though. Crazy. Is eight, hmm? It's just it's it's insane. I mean, we think we live in crazy times now. That right. was So is it reassuring that that happened and it was terrible and the country still continued or is it just show how really terrible things can get and people will still tolerate it? Well, and uh, as you know, I mean, the country continued, but there was deep and profound and I mean the, the tonnage of suffering and lost hope as a result of that right. is, is incalculable it's incalculable so right. so maybe it wasn't worth it that the country continued uh well i guess I the alternative is civil war you know 2.0 so i don't know but i guess the i guess the point is that 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 was this much awful um which some people can look at and say that's how much more there could be right. i mean so yes the country survived but man it, it was it went you know. It was brutal. Emily. I have another candidate, which is 1828, because Andrew Jackson would have been a really good president to just kick off the list. How about you? I would pick. This is going to be a perverse one. May not be popular with this crowd. I would pick 1992. I would have had George H. W. Bush win a second term. David's feelings about George H. W. are much like his feelings why. about Michael. Hold on, they're just enduring and passionate. Hold on, he has a theory of the case. I think that was the last chance to maintain a Republican Party that was an establishment Republican Party that behaved in reasonable, rational ways, and that that loss. We have the hyenas here. Mm. That loss. Uh, 
was a crucial to push the Republican Party further to the right. It also Bush's raising of taxes. He had raised taxes, and that was a reason he lost a lot of Republican support. And it it cha- it made Republicans believe you could never move to raise taxes again. Wait, why are you pointing at me? Because I because I want to associate and then disagree. <laughs> okay. I want to agree and disagree. So I agree with all that. The only thing is you have the parallel thing happening, which is Gingrich in '94, which happens completely outside of the of of Bush. And well, but that's in the context where Clinton's already won the election, and they have they have they have Clinton to triangulate against. What so Gingrich doesn't Gingrich doesn't become the speaker that soon or in that same way. But Gingrich's plan to take over Democratic control of the House, which has been going on for forty years, exists and has been going on for years and years and years before. And is Clinton. taking advantage of these really powerful social forces, right? And he's been and he's been attacking the system for long before even Bush Taxes, was elected. Taxes, yeah, guns, but I abortion. think with a but I think with a moderate presidential administration, that is slightly cooled down. It is less effective, and this he Republican does. establishment stays robust longer in a way that would probably be healthy for the country. Gingrich doesn't have the foil of Clinton to win in 94. Yeah, I think it's still, but I, I'm, I'm, I associate you, myself with your... You admire the jujitsu. All right. Dearest Oakland, our guest has worked as an animator, graphic designer, carpenter, projectionist, film developer, television presenter, set designer, toy designer, and gallery owner. So if he cannot answer these conundrums, nobody can... Please join us in welcoming the author of Every Tool is a Hammer. You may know him as the former host of Mythbusters, Adam Savage. Thank you. Hello, Oakland. It is so difficult to be backstage while you guys are batting around these questions. And your response to whether you'd bring representative democracy just upended my whole idea of humanity. Maybe not in a good way. No. It's pretty dark. Yeah, it is pretty dark. Was um, there another question, the point of new arrival privilege, uh, that you would like to weigh in on from the previous round? Um, <laughs> Where you were truly feeling irrepressible. Um, I would first, dem- if I was that back in time, I'd first show them how to make a motor and then I would bring representative democracy. Right. Because they would bow before you going, man, motor king. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd be like, see ya. Yeah. What would, how, what would be the oil? What would the power source be for the motor? I'd teach them how to make a battery out of a pile. And then we'd start to, we'd, we, you know, I'd remember what I could about battery technology and hope that people were smarter than me. There's a lot of ifs there. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Adam. Sir. If you could swim in any liquid other than water, what liquid would you choose? So you know that I have actually swum in a pool full of syrup. And what was that like? Tell us more. Okay, so uh, there is a myth that you can swim just as fast in syrup as you can in water. The idea being that because syrup is thicker, it slows you down, but because it's thicker, it gives you more to push off of. And the myth is based on the theory that those two forces cancel each other, and thus swimming in syrup is just as fast as swimming in water. Jamie and I actually went out to the Alameda County Sheriff's Department. They let us dig 200-foot-long troughs and fill them with varying degrees of viscous syrup. We used guar gum. And Why not maple syrup? Too expensive for two Way too expensive. That's literally like millions, millions of, of dollars. dollars worth of maple syrup. <laughs> yeah. And yet one wants it to be maple syrup, but continue. There are crime rings in Canada hiding that much maple syrup. <laughs> and I'm not kidding at all. Um, and it's cold and feels really just as funky as you would imagine. And can you and swim faster? You move? But, oh, yeah. No, they canceled each other out. Totally. I swam just as fast in syrup as I did in water. But if you gave me any liquid, I'd love to swim in honey. That would be weird. Wait, honey? Honey, yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought of that. John? Uh, gin? <laughs> <laughs> Although you'd have to fill the pool up a lot. You keep refilling it. Yeah. <laughs> you could cut it. Never, you always drink gin with a mark, right? They can't tell if you cut I it. I wonder what it would be like. Do you think it would be any different from water? I mean, it would smell <laughs> different if you let it into your mouth. It would be different. But do you think it would feel different texture-wise? 
I don't know. I thought you were going to say, would it, would it be any different than Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's thinner than water, so it would, I think it would feel very different, and you'd weigh differently in it. I think you'd sink like a stone. Really? Uh-huh. I often do. Yeah. <laughs> if you, would, Especially do you, after the third one. Yeah. If you're if you're in if you're in like an oil or a syrup, do you float more? Because I my absolutely problem is absolutely. Oh, I would yeah. like that. What's the thickest thing? What's the thickest liquid? Con- That's what I like. Concrete. Yeah. The yeah, most wait, glass. <laughs> thick with two C's or thick thick. <laughs> I Thank you, Oakland. That. Uh, no, I think it would be hard to like cold honey has to be about one of the thickest, most viscous. It's really things you hard could to try. pour. Yeah, exactly. Or an old bottle of liquid prowl with the pearl. What would you? What would you do, Emily? Well, I had a, my first thought about this. This is not saying good things about me. It's, wouldn't you be kind of interested to swim in blood and see what that's like? <laughs> you are. You are not the only. <laughs> You were not the only vampire in the room. Somebody out there, yes, when it was right? first asked, said, said blood. Said blood. I, I, I right worry about the person you're sitting next to. The other thing I thought of was milk. I think that was just like a moment of yeah. It's an, I would be interested in that. Uh, blood is both. I would state for the together, record though. that blood is only the most minute bit actually thicker than water, so it would feel very much like swimming in water, except it would smell like iron. Was right. that? Was okay, that? That makes sense. Right. Was, was that ever a myth you busted that blood is thicker than water? No, it wasn't. It was just a fact I came across in one of my books that blood is like 0.0135% thicker than water. Well, so it is thicker than water. Yeah. The, just a in, little bit, though. In, I there, never understood Germany, that expression. In Germany, there is... I don't understand the... I understand the blood part. It's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're brothers, so we have blood. In, but what's the water part? What the hell? Yeah. Why? Who's... Yeah. Right. Who yeah. brought water into the conversation? Well, it's just the other... <laughs> the most obvious liquid to compare. What else would you compare? And also, everything Beer. else might be like, blood is thicker than honey. No, no, it's actually not. <laughs> right. And then exactly. the conversation... And it would be confusing, and who would know the answer, really? Yeah. All right. Next one here. In 500 years... Which is most likely to be a religion, Harry Potter or Star Wars? Star Wars. <laughs> Are we at more movies? We must be. I've lost track of the Star Wars franchise yes. entirely. I have a dim awareness that there's one like coming yeah. out right now. But is it something. what's? Is it more like what's going to be a religion? Do you think? I mean, there's so much of Harry Potter has really entered our sense of, of our mythology. It's in our mythology. Star Wars is also in our mythology. Hmm. Well. Or is there some other pop creation of popular culture that will be a religion? Look, I believe that Jedi is already in a recognized religion in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. But that's just because New Zealand is awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, you that's Lord, a really if good... If you say Lord of the Rings now, no, no, you say no. it, I'm leaving. Well, you got, once you tee up New Zealand, you're really, you're pretty close. Um... Most of what we know about the devil is actually doesn't come from the Bible. It comes from the Inferno. So that's your point, right? So is there anything adjacent that would... That would and so probably Star Wars is more adjacent to a fixed, an existing religion than... Uh, yeah, all right. So I'm going to agree with Star Wars. I don't know. I'm, this, is, this is a question that I... I then neither of them are going to be a religion. Okay. Heretic! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you come home very tired. You're wearing a comfortable shirt. You take off your pants, brush your teeth, go to bed, wearing the shirt. In the morning, you're running late, you're feeling lazy, whatever. You wear the shirt again. Have you worn the shirt one time, two times, or three times? (laughs) (laughs) These are the important conundrums that you are on stage for, Adam Savage. I'd say one time, because I'm applying the jeans rule, because I wear jeans for like 10 days at a time. Do you take them off in between? Probably. So then I think, but then do you feel like you're wearing them one time, just because it's 10 days in a row? I, I do. I actually get like, I, they get familiar to me in the way that they, they, each one has its they own They sort of kind maintain of the shape of your body, even when they're not attached to it anymore. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> This is How something many you would times? not do. On, I don't know Adam so well, but I feel sure that of all of us on the stage, you are the least likely to actually do this. Uh, the jeans or the shirt? Both. Oh. All of it. Anything oh, well, that involves I was ask bad Adam, hygiene. So I always think that basically jeans are wearable napkins. 
So completely right. After how many days where you wear jeans and you know you got you got some hot mustard, it goes. How many days of wearing jeans, nor, normal eating patterns, do the, do the jeans transfer from being jeans into actually being napkins? How much food do you have to wipe on your jeans? Um, I'm going to replace the word napkin with shop rag <laughs> and say that um, it's almost arbitrary when you stop wearing them unless I'm working with something like motor oil or cooling fluid, in which case the jeans are done at the end of that day. Okay. I think you worn the shirt once. I do too. And I think this is a totally okay thing to do. <laughs> and should really, we should encourage it more. And we should also realize that people just do things like this all the time and it's fine. But if you... You mean not bathe? I mean, just like, yeah, not that you don't have, that we, we are a culture in which people are constantly showering and constantly changing clothes and constantly unnecessarily imagining that they smell bad when actually, like, it's probably fine most of the time. <laughs> so we're gonna John audience, wants to have a word with me. We'll audience poll this question of whether you wore the shirt once or three times. So if you think you wore the shirt or twice, I don't even know how you get twice. How would you even get twice? Okay, all right, okay. We'll do once, twice, or three times. How many people a think lady. you wore the shirt once? How many people think you wore the shirt twice? Obviously, people how many people think how many people think you wore the shirt three times? I literally It even took don't me a minute to understand it. three times. It's because you wore it to sleep and yeah. that counts as a separate time. Okay. No, the second time is you wearing it in the morning. When's the third time? The third time is if you wear it to so you wear it. You're wearing it now. I'm wearing this shirt. I'm going to wear it to bed, and then I'm going to keep wearing it in the morning. Yeah, so the wearing it to bed is the second time, and wearing it in the morning, the morning is, the is the third, third time. time. But how do you get to two? You just don't count the sleeping Yeah, time. you yes. just feel like you kept it on the next day. Yeah. But here's the thing. Implicit in the two is that wearing it is a daytime activity. And yeah, yeah, it's like you're going somewhere. You're right. right. But then that means shirts are not to be worn while you sleep. They don't even have an identity while you're sleeping, and therefore... Night shirt. What's a night shirt? It's yeah. a separate it's thing. It's a separate thing. Yeah. How many, yeah. yeah. A wearing of a night shirt, if you wear a night shirt during the two days and one night, you'd only be wearing the night shirt one night. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Would you rather never be able to shout or never be able to whisper? So I feel like the proper answer to this is that it's okay to give up shouting and like that's the more polite answer and the more socially acceptable answer. The truth is I think I almost never whisper, <laughs> honestly, really. I am overly loud. Me as too. A, and and it, is a, it is a thing that people in my life deal with and I would give up shouting in a minute. Over because you feel slightly mortified by how much you shout and how much people say that you shout. I, yeah, it just comes out, and and then sometimes I see that people are shying away from the volume coming out of me, and I yeah yeah I I, I feel you. <laughs> I would also like to say that I'd give up shouting, but then how would I communicate with my children? <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely give up shouting because the most effective, the people who are most terrifying, are not the people who shout at you. They're the ones sure. who like. I'd like to see you right now. Yes, now. So a nice, low, threatening voice would That's be great. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for children, you know, an air horn. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I have a, this is really a question for you, Adam. So let's say you're a basically incompetent person. Is it better for you to learn how to fix things, like fix the toilet around your house, um, even if you don't do it very well, or to pay professionals to fix it for you? and then use your time to do what you do best and earns you the most, most money? Well, I'm really biased. So this answer demonstrates all of my bias that you should learn to fix something. And why? Why should you learn to fix something? Because as a serial gatherer of skills, who is, I am, mediocre at everything I know how to do, I have found that it's all cross-applicable. So there's no downside to learning a new thing. What you learned while learning is uh, applicable to everything else you'll ever learn again in your life. 
And you have a richer and more fulfilling life along the way. Indeed. I, it's totally... Uh, Steve, some, Steve Martin says that at the beginning of his career, someone said to him, you will eventually use everything you've ever learned in the pursuit of your career. And, like, truer words have rarely been spoken. I, I think um, I totally agree with that. And the, the, the people who think you should pay people to do these things for you, it's basically an economist view of the world, which is like we're trying to maximize efficiency. And it is more efficient for you to pay a plumber to fix your plumbing than for you to waste the time to do it. But it's, it's, it's kind of, I was thinking about this and I was thinking, well, would you tell somebody who can't write poetry, who's like a, who's a, someone who's a plumber who wants to write poetry, don't write poetry, leave it for the poets. And it's like, no, you tell the plumber, go write poetry. You should, even if it's bad, but because it will bring you, it will bring you something. Wants to learn. Like the poet isn't, that's a poet who wants to write poetry, not a poem, po- not a, a plumber who wants to write poetry, not a plumber who's like, oh my God, are you serious? I can't do this. Why are you trying to make me do this? Right. I Just guess how it, I feel about fixing. But don't you, have you ever, thing. have you ever mastered something like that? And you're like, oh, I'm glad I did it. I feel so much better. That yes. I've, I've done it. What a sense of accomplishment I have, even though I'm never going to apply it to writing my cool New York Times magazine stories. That yes. at least now I can, you know, I can, I can now change a light bulb. I have on very rare occasions had that experience, but I have so much more often tried to fix something, gotten incredibly frustrated and given up. Like Ophelia in Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I guess I can't reenact Ophelia if it involves like changing a tire, fixing the toilet, anything like that. Yeah, I'm deeply, I'm very much in the. What about all the appreciation you can show for someone else in your life who's good at fixing things? If you're not, I'm really good at that. I'm so in awe of people who fix things. Please paint this fence. Um, I I like. I, I, I wish I knew more things. Jack of all trades, master of none. I, I think that'd be great. Well, you know the second half of that phrase, though often better than a master of one. Oh. Boom. Oh, did not know that. Well done. That was good. Excellent. All right, we're going to do one more question here and then go to the lightning round. So this, uh, you can pick one member of the Beatles as your ally in the zombie apocalypse. Which one do you pick? <laughs> yeah, it's George, of course. Harrison. George, why? He is the most, I think he was the Beatle most attached to reality as it was. I'm basing that on nothing but my intuition and four seconds of thinking Why would you want in an apocalypse the person attached to reality? That might not be the right person. You are making quick decisions that are all life and death. You want someone who is dealing with things as they are, not as they would wish them to be. And the whole wife thing with Eric Clapton, he's he's got some grit from... uh, Also, John basically in bed naked with Yoko. Like, he's not getting out of bed. The zombies are coming. I feel like picking John is super sketchy. But Paul McCartney is so chirpy, upbeat, like entertaining at every step of the apocalyptic way. Well, maybe he'd be serenading you while you're killing zombies. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. that was a good one. That could be good. But he has some some pent-up anger at always having his name being second. But in the apocalypse, everyone's no. dead. He could be first, second, last, no, everything. No, I'm saying you'd want him on your side because of his pent-up anger. Ah, uh, yeah. Can you okay. ask number four, David? I think before we move number on. Number four, okay. What does it say that okay. none of us brought Ringo to that conversation? Uh, he's going to outlast them all. Yeah, which means he could be a zombie. This will be our last one for lightning round. Domesticated pets have now become the overlords of the earth. Would you rather be ruled by cats or dogs? John? No, no, it's Adam. This this one's a softball. Because cats would be awful leaders. Super mean. Horrible. Yeah, I'm scared of cats. Look, if you die in your house, your cat's going to start eating your face right away. Your dog would totally. The dog no, would. He's totally. He's eat gonna your wait face. a while. He's gonna wait a while. Yeah, one I, cat. The cat is like, oh, here's fresh meat. Good. Yeah. There'd be order to the world. Though. The dog would be chaos. You guys have framed this totally wrong. They will both eat you. It's just the cat will enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Dogs we, are just fonts of unconditional love. That's exactly what wait, I you want. Would want that leader. as a leader? Oh yes. It would be chaotic, but much more fun. Also, the cats are so damn indifferent, they'd be like, eh, 
a pestilence. And... I feel like the dogs are the late 60s and the cats are like the worst of the 1980s. <laughs> are the cat, what country you are mean the cats? All like parachute what? pants what and zippers? What country are the cats yeah. in general? I feel huh. like the cats are some super kleptocratic. Singapore. Sup- no, something no, more authoritarian than that. Yeah, and... And, and kleptocratic. Well, that's yeah, interesting. Kleptocratic. Corrupt and authoritarian. Yeah, they're like, have you seen my asshole lately? <laughs> 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 really, your cat would be asking you, if your cat could talk, that's what he'd ask you all the time. But yeah. the dogs would be what? The dogs would be Italy. The government would fall every yeah. few minutes. Greece. All, it would just be a party. Yeah, oh, yeah, Greece. exactly. The food would be Nigeria. great. There would be awesome wine. The light would be gorgeous. And everyone would be... Happy. Are there any other animals we want to introduce into this question? Raccoons. I think rats would be great. Rats. Rats would be. That would be a great country. Rats would be amazing. They wouldn't take revenge for all the experiments. Organized, familial. No, they're just like really organized. They're familial. They're really social. Rats are great. I've had several rats as pets. They are fabulous animals. But aren't. But but aren't most of the terms. But aren't most of the terms that describe governments and bureaucracies that go wrong related to rats? That's just a misunderstanding, John. Rats' nests. The rats rat in Nam, they did a good job. What? The rats rats leaving Nam. a sinking ship, which is sensible behavior. <laughs> Not if they can't swim. <laughs> All right, we're going to do a lightning round, and then we're going we're gonna to go to your audience conundrums. All right, so lightning round, super high speed, super high stakes. Here we go. <laughs> Would you rather eat only fruit or only vegetables? Vegetables. Fruit. fruit. Be- vegetables. Audience, fruit or vegetables? First, fruit. <laughs> vegetables. Wow. Wrong. Okay. Star Wars or Star Trek? Can we no. negotiate over no. why? No. 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 Star Trek. Star, Star Trek. But wait, you, what? Just, you just said you don't even know what's going on in Star Wars. I've lost track, but I really don't know what Star Trek. Like barely, I have like watched half a Star Trek episode in my whole life. Sorry, at least I watched the first three or so Star Wars movies. It's the answer is Galaxy Quest. Yeah. All right, spaghetti or lasagna? Lasagna. What? Lasagna, but I don't like either of them very much. What? Wait, what don't you what? I'm not really that into pasta. I'm just yeah. not. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Lasagna, that was a clearly safer answer, John. John. It's better to be it's better to be upfront about that. Spaghetti is such a Instead of being an impasta. Yeah. Spaghetti though, like spaghetti's a drag. Spaghetti is hard spaghetti. to make spaghetti. spaghetti. Audience. First spaghetti, second pasta. Spaghetti. Lasagna. Whoa. Big lasagna. We have found crowd equanimity. Okay. This is a good one. Would you rather work in the Trump administration or in a coal mine as a coal miner? I would rather work in the Trump administration. Coal mine. Trump administration. Trump administration. Would you rather have the lights on or off if you knew the room was full of spiders? <laughs> I like spiders and on. Wait, you like spiders? I like but spiders. there's a, like a lot of phone. spiders. <laughs> I know, Lots that's less appealing, but still. On, definitely on, and I don't feel... I, like, this is much better for me than anything dead. I don't like dead anything. Or, like, cockroaches, much more upsetting to me. Snakes. Totally, t- I like snakes, too. Snakes and spiders are okay. Whoa, like snakes, dislikes pasta. <laughs> that's a good dating profile. And also, right... And infrequent showerer. <laughs> uh, Lights on or off, John? <laughs> on. Never turning them off. Ever. Uh, on. I, I used to hate spiders, but we actually did an episode in which I had to stick my hand in a chamber with hundreds of spiders until one of them bit me, and it wasn't that bad. The bite felt like someone touched my hand for a exactly. second. Exactly. Yeah. All right. All right, last one. Uh, what will be the last line of your obituary? He was survived by his wife and two children. 
That's what I want the last one of mine to be because the very last thing, I, more than anything else, I care about my children surviving me. I know it would be nice if my husband survived me too, but especially my children. I feel like that's the most important thing that you could have in your obituary. Mine is, according to a National Park Service spokesman, the cliff is clearly marked on maps. <laughs> 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 But yours are, yours are better. That is our show for today. The GapFest is produced by Jocelyn Frank. Our researchers, Bridget Dunlap, Faith Smith, managed this live event. June Thomas is the managing producer of Slate Podcast. Gabe Roth is the editorial director of Slate Podcast. Thanks to the Fox Theater. Thanks to Adam Savage. And thanks to you, our dear audience here in Oakland, California. Good night. Hello, Slate Plus. So we're now doing a Slate Plus segment, and we're going to do some of your conundrums quickly. The Conway marriage. That's the conundrum. Go. (laughs) It is really just very hard to fathom. I can't decide if they're really just not married to each other anymore or if they've just figured out, like, the most remarkable detente ever. I'm just... Those are the choices, right? It's super bizarre and, yeah, it's destabilizingly strange. Okay. If you could eradicate, nullify one invention from the past 50 years, what would it be? The atomic bomb. That's more than 50 years. Ah, oh, crap, really? Hy- you can have the hydrogen bomb. Last 50 years. Actually, you can't have the hydrogen bomb. That was also more than 50 years ago. That <laughs> is the, the right answer, bomb. though. No, no. All right, we're, we're knocking that out. Part of me wants to say the cell phone. Don't, I was don't wondering if any of us should say the internet. You people I, all have them. You use them all the time. For those, I just you want to point them. out, for don't those of us that. of a certain age... That was just a snippet from our Slate Plus conversation. If you want to hear the whole conversation, go to slate.com slash GabFest Plus to become a member today. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.